put the ego on the shelf. Don't think about what you've done in the past. Just trying to get the ball rolling in the correct direction. After that, like Dave said, he's going to be able to train harder and harder. And then you can start having fun with it because it's no fun when you're out there and you have no fitness. Um, the breakaway app, it does a great job of showing you, you sometimes a little bit rudely what your strength and weaknesses truly are. So in Dave's sense, he's obviously a very great time trellis or in the Apple we'll call him a climber, endurance rider. And so he'll see that even though he was a great sprinter and we're not going to be sprinting, we're going to go for a 20 minute power here. So being able to push that a little bit farther and farther. And if you have small, small improvements over that time, you still got a long way to go. It doesn't, it looks like a long time, but it's going to go fast. Hello, Christian. What's going on, Mikkel? What's going on, Dave? Good to see you, boys. <laughs> uh, well, many things are going on. David has lost 100 grams. <laughs> I think we should celebrate that. <laughs> 100 grams of his soul. <laughs> so you see that. <laughs> so he's, he's, getting, he's, he's getting closer, Christian, to you. But um, now we've started the whole program with the, the breakaway gap and the time travel challenge. And um, last time we talked about um, how to set a best baseline. What is a baseline? And I'm kind of the idiot. I didn't even know. For me, baseline is something with a spreadsheet. Like how much money do you have in the bank or something like that? Nothing to do with cycling. But yeah, now I understand that. So, and we talked about planning. And today um, we want to talk uh, about training. Like how do you even like the next weeks? How do you, how should David proceed? Like what should he do? And of course, let's just exclude the weight you need to lose that, you know, that's going well. hundred grams mm. is good. Um, but you need the, the other 10 kilos. <laughs> um, um, and, uh, but we want to talk about the training itself and, um, and, and get your sort of advice on that. And then we also want to talk about uh, how to use the breakaway app to help you sort of measure your progress and how you actually do. And then all kinds of other things that might come up. Well, first of all, I, I think that Dave just taken the first jump of being consistent on the bike. I mean, he has so much natural talent, uh, like most of us do, and so much residual fitness, even though he doesn't know it's there. it's It truly is there somewhere. And just to start doing it and being consistent. And that's with all of us. For myself, I haven't really taken a considerable amount of time off the bike. So I've always stayed in semi shape. I've never been in good shape, but I've been, in, I, oh, sorry, I take that back. I did do Cape Epic, uh, three or four years ago and I got in good shape for that. And that reminded me that I do not need to race ever again. So I, <laughs> so this is, this will give me a little bit of PTSD because Mikkel, even though Davis is, is fat and out of shape right now, I know what he's capable of and that does give me pause. Yeah. And I know that he's a savage. Luckily, he's had a daughter since then. And I think that's really evened him out a little bit. Um, and I think he's re relaxed a little bit. He's laughing because he knows it's not true. Um, he, so he's still got the savage inside of him and the natural talent to boot. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not just gonna coast this in. Uh, but the biggest thing for me, Dave, and I don't know about you, but I just need, I need something to hold me accountable these days. Mm. Um, I need, I need to be busy. You know, the, the, it's funny, the busier I am, the more I uh, get done. If I have nothing to do, I do nothing. I'm so lazy. Oh, I, cause, cause then I think I always have time to do it. Right. But I don't have to, I mean, so I get nothing done when I have nothing to do, but when I have a lot of shit to do, then I get a lot of stuff done. I think that's with everybody, but I feel I'm really bad at it. So yeah. <laughs> that's so good question i was um, speaking to, to mickle before and i as you said ex-pro cyclists they kind of go two ways they either kind of just keep going in one way or they kind of stop completely there tends not to be a medium although dare i say you've found a medium kind of how have since i mean it's what eight years now since you stopped mm -hmm. Uh, seven for me, or seven, eight, Christ, eight, you're nearly a decade, Jesus. Um, how did you just keep going? When you mostly, mostly moving. So I lived in, I moved back from Girona when I was living a couple of kilometers away from you, um, back to Chicago where my wife and I both grew up. 
and I really didn't do much of anything there. You know, I was, I was like a Catholic school girl doing everything that you shouldn't do, you know, and smoking and doing, and I, I hated my life. I felt, felt like crap. And then I, I was depressed because, you know, I do, would do gigs every weekend and ride my bike once in a while, with some friends, but I hated my rides. because Those are the same rides I did when I was a kid and they're flat and ugly and it's cold. Um, and then we finally took the leap of faith of moving to Greenville, South Carolina, where, uh, George Hincapi and Bobby Julik now live. Um, and Bob, George was the one who's been here for a long time. And just having that camaraderie of these guys pulling you out the door when you don't really feel like it. And of course, I'm not going to say no to these guys. I mean, how, <laughs> how much of a special thing is that to be able to go for a regular training road with guys you've been riding with since the mid nineties. So, um, that's been our therapy and you end up just getting fit. And then since then, George's son, has gotten so fit and he's 14 years old and he is flying. So now my goal is just to be able to stay with him. There's no way I'm going to let him get the better of me. <laughs> that won't last. No, no, is you're he, right. I, I, I got like six months, maybe, maybe, maybe three. I don't know. It's, it's quite, it's been quite cool actually. Cause I've, I've followed, I've never met Enzo. That's his name, Enzo, isn't it? Yep. And kind of watched him sort of came in a little bit late and straight onto road bikes. And then because he have followed on social, all of a sudden they become big. Yeah. You know, like real big. Dude. Yeah, he's 5'11". Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love the fact that you guys are all going to get your asses handed to you by George's son. It's terrifying. It's just inevitable. It's inevitable. And so then you got Bobby the, J who's like oh, Perry Nice. He's, he's skinnier than he when he won Perry Nice right now. So you don't, you don't even want to ride with him anymore. He's like an evangelist for, for riding your bike now. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's so true. I, I did the, his pod with Jens sort of a couple of months ago, and then afterwards we were chatting about something. Just um, and we were talking about life, and he was like, "Dave, you just got to get out on your bike. It's like it makes everything better." And you I know, was, so so Bobby when he, when he yeah when he moved here though he was still with a Kofidis helmet on from 1998. <laughs> Had specialized bikes, some random bike, and he was, and he shifted, I want to say five kilos of fat to muscle since then. And now he's gone from, we just would beat the crap out of him all the time. It was it's hysterical. And then now it's, yeah, he's, he's getting the last laugh because yeah, he is an evangelist now. It's <laughs> well put. I love that. For it. It's so true. So Nickel always has the, the kind of questions because he is like, essentially most of the people that are going to be following the time traveler challenge project you know what questions do you have Michael, at this point of where we are yeah so i'll start by saying just getting your advice on we now have 11 weeks until the the day the 14th where you're going to do it i'm going to do it too uh, hopefully you too i know you're going to do it and um we want a good result and we have different baselines. So, David, you have just done your baseline mm. on FTP mm -hmm. levels. And it was, was, what was it? Just under 300, 295. Yeah. So, yeah. Around 300. Yeah. Which is it's quite not great. a lot bigger than mine. But uh, it's not great. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. No. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, actually, it's, it's shameful. <laughs> uh, no. So, um, what should what 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 would a what would a program look like in in your mind? What how do you because I, I'm guessing if you're training for a race, it'll be let's say 200 kilometers, and you need endurance and all of that. But here we're training towards 20 minutes all out. Yeah, um, is is that different? So what do you need to train for? Let's First start of all, I just I just interrupt there briefly because I think it's because I know Christian's good at this. Can you explain? FTP quickly and kind of what it is compared to the kind of the ultimate, what we want to do, how it benefits. The way I always say this uh, in Peloton and Peloton's crazy that just the average people these days actually know what it is because of Peloton. Cause they have a power meter. Most mm. people have a power meter on the bikes, the fun functional threshold power. So it's really what you could do gun to your head for one hour. You know, if there's wolves and lions chasing you, what could you sustain for that hour? And so it's, if you're going to do a 20 minute test, like Dave did, you do the 20 minute test. So let's say he did most likely like right around 315, you subtract 5% of that. And that's more or less what you could sustain for that hour. Um, I still think that Dave is sandbagging 
And I think that his <laughs> numbers are usually probably like around 375 and he's lying to me just to make me to relax even more. Um, but no, that, that's really what the f- functional threshold power is. And that's what, you know, professional cyclists being able to do climb after climb after climb. And that's really where the cream rises to the top, right? Where so you want anyone could do one climb Mach 10, but it's when you have three coals that are, 45 minutes long where you're, you're digging into that functional threshold so often or keeping it below that even better. And then being able to go full gas at the top at the last one and not blow your doors off. Mm. And so right. this, and we were talking about this before how twin and it's what you use in the breakaway app as well. And, and I see it kind of training peaks and, and most it, it's become a benchmark and it, an accessible benchmark for people 20 minutes. And mm-hmm. this is what we came to because we were talking about before. Originally it started off as being a 10 mile time trial. So that's where I started and kind of just in pure synchronicity, it was the the dream, the, the, the barrier is 20 minutes to break 20 minutes in a 10 mile time trial, average 30 miles an hour. Um, and you were like, well, actually you shouldn't do it on distance. You should do it on time. And can you explain why we use the 20 minutes and why we're going to, and, and how we'll see it on the breakaway app? Yeah, just back to your question of FTP, it's always been 20 minutes. It's trying to find that 20-minute power because it's the easiest way to do that. Look, no one likes to do an FTP test. Dave, did you have any fun doing that? No, No. it was horrible. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's... Yeah, no one, no one wants. It's like going back and doing your SATs, your MCAS, things like that. It's no one wants to ever go back there in their life. But it's an amazing tool to see where you are and not train too hard and not train too easy. So, Mikkel, if your FTP is 150, you know, going out there and trying to train off of Dave's numbers is silly, and you're just going to hurt yourself. And the same thing, if I would trade Dave's Dave's numbers, I'd be going too easy. So it's it's. You have to find what is good for you. It's not about anybody else right now. That's the best thing about FTP is truly sticking to those numbers. And then you're going to get the most gains out of that. And I was listening to your podcast yesterday and you were correct, Mikhail, is that, you know, since I have decent fitness, Dave's percentage gain is going to far outweigh mine. He most likely, I, I have a feeling that he could easily gain 25 to 30% fitness in this time by how much he's going to lose in weight and fitness all at the same time. Those axes are going to go straight through the roof. And of course his, you know, he, he's, he's a psychotic and he, he is going to go full gas in this and I might just be a little bit more lackadaisical, but no, that that's the biggest reason to do this. Mikel is really to know where you are and not go off of somebody else's numbers to really know where you stand. Right. And then we, of course, if you can't measure FTP, uh, maybe that's not so important. You can probably either simulate it, I guess, or you could measure the distance. You can go in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. We did that. I mean, yeah. as juniors, Dave, how many times did we just mm-hmm. go and, you know, this is what we did and talk to have our little, what we had, Avocet computer. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know exactly how far you went or how long it took you to get up a climb. Um, I yeah. mean, power meters, nobody had that. That was way too expensive for us. We didn't even think about doing those kinds of things. So there, there is a way to go and at least mm. better yourself. This mm. is look, this is, this is so much fun because it really is you against you. It doesn't matter if you're 25 years old or 45, like Dave and I, they're 65 years old. Just, just go for it and try to better yourself. Mm. Mm. Right. And the, so among the three of us, I might win actually. Yeah, you could be the best betterment. Yeah. You're the best betterer. <laughs> right. That could be it. I think my but FTP I'm, is 220. There so, you go. But I don't know, you know, if I can yeah. improve that. But um, yeah. I'm also the oldest. So mm. of our group. there you go. Yeah. What about, so uh, Christian, just going, because this is a, something that I found interesting. One of the reasons that <clears> we're doing this is just how much, Everything has advanced, even since we left the the pro ranks. But then, if you go to where it's it's kind of the the, the ever turning wheel. When we started uh, in the late nineties, the kind of SRM was this innovative, crazy, wacky technology. Mm-hmm. That hats off Greg LeMond had been the first big rider to embrace. But it was a, an incredible incredibly complicated and expensive piece of engineering with kind of pressure gauges within it. And it was all it was quite a clunky thing and, uh, and it cost thousands and your teams wouldn't buy it. You had to buy it for yourself. And then no one really knew what to do with power. 
mm. because no one understood what power was still. We were just, we would, we just got polar heart rate monitors in the nineties and we're kind of using those and everyone was using, it was using heart rate. But I, I suppose this is, cause I listened to the, your, um, it's simple, but not easy. The breakaway podcast and the second episode is really good where you explain the difference between why power is so important and why it's been such a, an advantage to, to understanding our bodies. Uh, could you give kind of just to the listeners a bit of a, uh, why we use power and watts versus heart rate? I mean, you still need to use heart rate, but the, you can explain the difference because I still don't have it as succinct as you do. Yeah. I mean, I, I love what you brought up with the 90s, you know, and we didn't know what mm. that meant. You did, averaging mm. 200, 300, 400, is that, but it was all our intuition, that yeah. we, the way we learned yeah. of, because you know exactly. And, and to this day, Dave, probably you would know without even looking what your power mm. is right now. You just, just because yeah. of that intuition, but that takes years and years and years of doing that. Um, but for the layman now, being able to see their powers, the biggest difference is that versus a heart rate, for example, is that, Okay, let's say we're at a stop sign, stoplight, whatever that is, and we go flat out. It's going to take your heart rate at least a minute to catch up to what your power is actually doing. So, or if you're getting better on a bike, your heart rate is always going to be stagnant for the most part, but your power is going to be increasing, hopefully. So, even if you're going faster, it's like you said on your podcast the other day, it's always relative speed. It's even though you're going faster than you are, you're still suffering the same as when you were a kid, even though you're going 20 minutes faster up, up to Wes or whatever that may be, mm. you are still suffering the same. And so that's where you get power is the best feedback mechanism. Whereas heart rate is so fluctuating. It could be, think of our heart rate at the end of the Tour de France. If you could get it up to 170, mm. that's amazing. Even though regularly when you're fresh, it should be 185, 190. Same thing when you're sick, it could be maybe too high. So power is always going to be there for you as, as far as the best tool to measure how hard you're going. Mm. And what's, what's amazing, this is what I've coming back to this was just how accessible power is now. There are so many, I mean, it's still not cheap, but there's what there's, it's getting there though. There's like 25, 30 different, devices now you can do, use to measure yeah Especially ceram, is now, as, ceram yeah. came out with one i think it's like 300 dollars now dave i mean do you put that oh, wow. in you know your srm that we all had yeah. with wires and external batteries what was that like five grand back then if you yeah, could find one back. and then it broke <laughs> it <laughs> broke. <laughs> I, I remember so this is this is 1999 this is the year i, I jumped off a roof and broke my ankle at training camp uh, but this is all kind of the, the background story to it. I was up there super serious and I'd bought an SRM and it cost me a lot of money and no one knew how to use it, but I got it and I was kind of super geeking out on it. And on the first day there, I came out and because, you know, it wasn't really that compatible with, I think we had Campagnolo at the time and the mechanics just hammering it on, oh, like on the, on the gauge side oh, and no. broke, broke all the gauges. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> Are you serious? And I was just, and that was the beginning of the end of that camp. I was like, I can't do this. You should have sent me to the Tour de France. Now I'm up here and you're, you're hammering my SRM. But yeah, it's, and that's what I've found kind of amazing with this is coming back in and seeing all these different devices and gauges. And even I've been using Zwift uh, and I, and this, this is nuts. This is kind of me coming back into it. Marty Castello, who's coaching me, just sends me the training peaks kind of custom file, go on there. And it's set to erg mode on my trainer. And I'm like, what? You don't have to think. Just There's ride. just big arches that appear and you just oh, have man. to pedal. And and this is something that going back to when we were, if you go to when we base on heart rate, you'd be to told to keep it between 145, 140 and 150 for two hours. And the amount of concentration that takes. And also at the time, we didn't really understand cardiovascular drift because just going back to what you were saying about it wasn't based on power. So it'd start off, be really easy and it'll get harder and harder. So actually through the ride, your power would just be on this crazy curve, whereas your heart yep. rate would stay the same. And it was just, it wasn't correlating. And so just seeing kind of what reason I think we fried ourselves a lot was the amount of concentration we needed when training because you had to constantly be monitoring 
Everything. And, and, and not to mention that it took 10 years to gather all that information yeah. of who you were. Now you get, you're 19 years old and you're like, here you go. This is what we've been doing <laughs> yeah. for a hundred years. Just go for it, dude. And then go, you just get on this ergo and do this and then eat this. And there's an app for your food and you're taking in 90 grams of carbohydrates an hour. And like all these things like we just have, Dave, how many times did we have to stop at the, the gas station to get you a Coke and a donut? It was like 4K oh from the house, man. I mean, that's so how bad, times. I mean, there, there's a lot, but I will say that sometimes data could be too much, right? And we need to yeah. take everything with a grain of salt. It's great to have that as a thermometer to see what you're actually doing. But how many times did seeing how well your power members almost kind of freak you out? Like, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't sustain this. But actually you're on a great day that you truly can say. So mm. I, I tell people all the time that. Look at your power sometimes afterwards. If you're going to do an FTP test, go on your own feelings because sometimes your feelings, your intuition, it far outweighs it where you mm. think that, I don't know, I could only do 300. And really, you probably could have done 10% better if you actually just listened to yourself and listened to your body. Mm. But I think it's, it's, this is very interesting and very right. Also for the layman, really. Uh, Christian, many, many years ago, or five years ago, I did a study on on fitness monitors and we've studied people over six months that bought a Fitbit or a Garmin watch or whatever. And what's interesting was they never thought about those companies. You know, when do people stop using them? When do they throw out their Fitbit? And the answer is after three weeks <laughs> on in average, <laughs> because that's the time where it repeats. There's nothing new. You wake up in the morning and you slept seven hours. Yes, and I slept seven hours yesterday and <laughs> two weeks ago. And your, your your resting heart rate is 54. And it was 54 Wednesday. And, you know, there's not much happening, right? And they and then we investigated and asked people what's going on. And they said, you know, systematically they said, well, now I know when I, you know, when my heart rate is this and that, if I'm running or cycling, I know when I'm over threshold or under threshold, I can feel it. But the 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 watch helped me figure out when that was. Mm. Uh, so that, I think that's interesting. And another thing, I don't know if you've noticed that, but when <clears throat> you, for example, do on on Swift or any training program, I think where you have to go now, you have to go your FTP level for five minutes. Those five, I don't know what it is. It's just so hard. <laughs> While if I race and not think about it, I go way above my, you know, because I want to win or I have to catch somebody or I, you know, I don't want to lose. Well, there's, there's, there's no one downstairs in your basement clapping for you. There's no one external. There's, you, you don't have that adrenaline response. There's so many different things that are, are you know, it's, it's a stagnant trainer, for example. Look, it serves a great purpose. Like Dave said, if we would have had this when we were kids, especially myself, you know, Dave, when you're in Scotland for those mm. years, when, when you serve in your band, I mean, if, if when I was in Chicago as a kid, the amount of time that I did on the rollers, I mean... Mikel, I used to sit on the rollers and I'd watch the whole Godfather and just try not to fall off. You know, I mean, just like, I mean, did it, did it help me? I mean, that, that was my, don't, don't, you can't stop until the credits. That was it. You know, three hours. I mean, not, not that teenage kids should probably be watching the Godfather, but that's what we had, you know? So nice. what, do you, what do you have on yeah. beta tapes? <laughs> beta tapes. <laughs> right. It's, it's just one of those things where, it's part of the charm of it all is this and, and going back to the reasoning. And this is what we talked about. And you were saying in the beginning, Christian, about accountability. You, we give each other accountability, but then there's also this curiosity for most people. And for me, it's this curiosity going back in. It's, for sure. It's relearning because I suddenly realize how little I know. I was literally becoming just one of the old boys who would still talk about the old days, you're coming back in and spending a couple of months doing this and catching up on what's out there is crazy. And it gives me so much more insight for what we do because- Big time, obviously, big time. Because what you what you do with NBC and the, the commentary as I do for ITV, I now understand a little bit more how they train. Yeah. And we'll start to understand how they live. Mm -hmm. And and where we throw this perception of them, and I hear it quite often, it's like, well, how are they going to be able to do it for so long? It's so intense, what they're doing, the way they live, the way they train. You come into it and see, actually, it's probably less intense than it was for us because they in, have to- In a different way, less. right? It, it, no, it's, it's, no a, a different, not as stressful. It's much more intense, but it's not as demanding. 
you don't have to sit on rollers and force yourself to watch The Godfather <laughs> till the credits. You, you can kind of, you know, there's different things about it. You don't have to write on a, with a marker on your fridge, eat more food because you're starving yourself all the time because you don't know what to do regards nutrition. So you just basically become OCD on not eating and you don't go out and fight, try and train and beat yourself up because you can't get your heart rate up because you don't understand. Now we understand that the heart's not correlating to your power output and your fitness often. And there's all these different things. So actually, although it's very intense the way young cyclists are living, I don't think there's any any reason to say, oh, their careers will be shorter because of how hardcore they're, how hardcore it is now. Because I think it's a different type of hardcore. Agreed. In many ways, the data is a benefit. And, and I agree with you, Dave, when, when I started doing some of these things and, and my curiosity of, oh, you know, how do they do this? And what's, you know, a couple of years ago, what is this, what's Zwift all about? And, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, this is incredible. There's an incredible tool, you know, to be able to, mm-hmm. to do all your efforts and not have any external traffic mm-hmm. or stoplights or headwinds, whatever that mm-hmm. it may be. Um, but I think it's a great uh, exercise for us mm. to be able to understand the inside of what they're going through and how they're going about it and understanding the training mechanisms. Um, I think the biggest one for me is nutrition and, yeah. and seeing that what they're doing with the super sapiens and seeing what your constant blood glucose, uh, super sapiens is a, as a wearable, they wear just like a diabetic on the back of your arm and you can see constant blood glucose throughout the entire day and the amount of information that they're really? learning from that. Yeah. yeah it's, imp- it's made by Abbott. It's super cool. Really amazing. Um, and then just just the how much work they put in as far as the back mm. and the team, not necessarily the the mm. riders themselves. Of course, the riders are putting a ton of work in, but the entire team making sure they have the proper nutrition for from start of the day to the end of the day and taking all those variables, all those all that doubt that you and I had completely out. And, yeah. and realizing, be able to back up, well, this is why you sucked. And this is why you were great. And not mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to ascertain that. Um, but yeah, for Dave, I, I 100% concur with that, that mm-hmm. being able to explain it on television and really appreciate what they're doing um, is, is bond. It's, but I want to go back to the curiosity. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, can I still go fast? What, how yeah. fast can I still? Because, you know, like you say, oh, well, back in my day, you know, I did this mm-hmm. climb or I, mm-hmm. you know, I walked uphill into the wind in the snow to school every day. But I think, I think it would be fun to see how fast you can go with a little bit of structure, a little bit of camaraderie. Mm. Um, Mm. But what's, what's the biggest why for you, Dave? What's the, what's the biggest why? Oh, this is total honesty is first of all, the consistency is kind of just getting into the routine and finding it again. Like this morning I was on it, woke up like before seven and was fitting that one hour in before kind of realizing that's what I'm going to have to do. So I'm actually building with Marty the training to fit in in these first couple of weeks to allow me to be able to do it, which means it's first thing in the morning an hour because otherwise the day just kind of just unravels. Um, And I think getting through the first two weeks of doing that with that really set, almost kind of Zwift structured, and then that will then get me to that level of fitness where I'll start to really enjoy it again. And because you know what it's like when you're unfit, it's hard to enjoy it. And it's it kind is. of, it's really hard. So I figure I'm spending the first couple of weeks is getting fit enough to want to go out, so then go out and feel like, oh, this is fun. And then it will start to kind of the flywheel will kick in. Um, and that's the goal. Because I, I go across to the UK on Saturday to do Paris Nice. So I'm in a hotel in West London. So I'm going to have a trainer there and just carry on this routine for two weeks, then come back here. And at which point, and you know what I'm like, I'll just start to kick in and have fun, hopefully not crash, which I've now kind of got that out of my system. I kind of realized that's been one of my problems as well. The last few times when I've tried to get fit, I've, I've enjoyed going fast and forgot I haven't got the skill or I haven't prepared my bike. I haven't no. thought about it. So I'm going around forgetting I haven't got the tire pressure right or something and I've, and I've written myself off. So I'm not doing that this time. And so the biggest why for me is then once I get into that and break through those first barriers is then the excitement of getting back on a TT bike. Because I love TT bikes. I just, I love them. And, and getting all the gear again and kind of getting, and then actually getting on a bike because you know what it's, and it's a great privilege for us that we have access to that is, and have done it is to get on a TT bike and with all the equipment, it's just a totally different thing. 
It's yeah, just feels free, beautiful. Free speed. Free speed. And I'm just looking forward to kind of getting all of that latest equipment and getting on. It's like getting to kind of, even though the engine won't be there, it's like, or you, it's like getting in a Ferrari, but not being able to drive it. It's kind I, of, that's what it's going to be I don't, like. I don't think, I think yeah. you're, you're, you're I agree with you. It I agree with you, Miguel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that you're yeah. definitely underselling yourself. And as, mm. as long as you're doing what you're doing now and you're consistent with that, mm. then I think it's not going to take long before mm. that rust is going to start to come. I mean, you're like refurbishing an old, I don't know, what should, what should we call them? On? What, yeah, what, what are you going to go for? What are you going to go for? <laughs> I was thinking like a 72 Daytona that's been oh. in, in, the, in the barn for a while. <laughs> And it just needs to like just get the rust taken off it for a little bit, mm. and then it's going to start mm. running like a top. But it, mm. I think the what we talked about when we first started this is when you do get fit, and you're like four to six weeks into this, and you start really questioning yourself, mm. "What the hell am I doing? Why?" <laughs> and that's when you're going to need some friends, and that's yeah, that's yeah. all. And that's what I have yeah. the lean on here. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to go and have some people to ride with because there's yeah. only so many weeks you could be doing this by yourself completely for I, I, for fun in quotes it's supposed yeah. to be fun after all right yeah it's so true and this is this is one of the things so explain to us a bit because we've just spoken about this uh, tell us a bit about the breakaway app and your kind of history with it and with jordan and kind of the the insights you've taken and obviously the people that are you can explain the access they're going to get but you guys are learning quickly and trying to differentiate and it's pretty interesting so Breakaways started, it was a COVID project like many others. Um, and it mostly started because Jordan bought a Peloton bike because he moved from the Bay Area where they have beautiful weather all year round to up in Tahoe where it snows in the wintertime. Can you explain who Jordan is? Sorry, Jordan is an old friend of mine since late 90s. You know, very smart guy, not like myself. I was the athlete. He was the guy who went to business school and then he was at startups, uh, Google, and then most importantly, Strava. And so he was one of the first 10 employees at Strava. And so he's always had that in his mindset and had, they had a great time. And then Strava has, I think Strava has a hundred million subscribers. No, that, it's, that blows <laughs> my mind. Um, so anyway, so back up to the Peloton, Jordan used to break my balls so hard that I was a, a Peloton instructor. And he'd be like, what has your life come to that you're in sprint, a spin instructor? Like, what is, you know, like, you have totally sold out. You're a loser. Yeah. And just all, and then he got, it, he's like, this thing's amazing. I've, I've, I'm fitter than I've ever been because I'm, because I'm actually going hard. And then he's like, well, but I want more from this. And so we started thinking about what we could do on the backside of trying to simplify the data being power. And so in making high watermarks being 15 seconds all the way to an hour and then everything in between. And then we said, well, why we don't want to just do Peloton. So we, what we, so we brought in uh, Garmin, Wahoo, Zwift. And so we could have all those different access on one channel and be able to look at. So if you could challenge your, your friend who only has a Peloton bike and doesn't have a power meter on the road, you could see how you compare for against each other. And the team's function, I think what you're getting towards, Dave, is <laughs> the most fun. And so now you could have up to 10 people because really how many more than 10 do you really have in your your circle of bike friends? Maybe some people that have more, but I really only have 10 people that I really want to keep track of. And I have to say that, so we launched that function right before uh, we started talking about this. And since <laughs> then, I've been when you said you're going to do your FTP test, I was frantically scrolling <laughs> and refreshing to see what... because. I, and again, I'm like, I'm, I want Mikel. Yeah, it didn't move. And I'm like, and it didn't move at all. And I was like, this is bullshit. And so, so supposedly his, it hasn't really moved his 20 minutes. It still says 299. Um, but I think those kind of things and be able to push each other and create challenges, whether it be percentage gain, like for example, if the three of us do this, Mikel, the chances of you having a higher percentage gain is very high that you're going to win this little competition. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting around 350. And if, of course, you, if you want to put weight into that, Dave, then it's a, that might be a little bit harder to, to really put this <laughs> into, into equation. But if we're going to go straight power, um, I think that's really fun though. And, and having a little bit of competition, having that camaraderie to be able to have a reason to get out the door when you don't want to. I'll take the challenge. <laughs> I like it. But, 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 but and I think uh, we should we should uh, tell our listeners that they can do that too. Like for find course. a couple of friends and compete. And not on who's the strongest, but who gains the most, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Can, uh, 
And I think well, that's, that, that's, this, um, this is kind of what this this whole week is is going to be about. This well, this week is we want to talk about the breakaway, and because we talked about the plan, we'll talk more about the training this week and some other bits and bobs. But you can explain the offer that people will get regards the breakaway out, Christian. Yeah, so we're going to be giving out all of your listeners and subscribers to this two months. Absolutely free. So get into the app and we're going to be hopefully evolving. We know, I know we will not hopefully, we will be evolving as well. So coming out with those features that I was just talking about with, with teams and really just trying to make this whole journey fun and simplifying that data. What am I actually looking at? Taking all that guessing out of it and just telling you what to do. And that's really mm. the premise of this whole thing. Um, mm. We're not 100% there yet. We're still a new company, but we're having a, a lot of fun doing so. And there's obviously something there. And because there's so much data out here today, and it's so hard to decipher what that truly means to me. Just to your point of Mikhail with, with having the Fitbit and thrown away after three weeks, we want people to be in this for the long haul. And ultimately, we want the people to have fun and gamify it a bit and see, have a little bit of in, intercompetition once in a while. And, you know, call yourself out if you've been slacking, seeing how much your ultimate PRs were and how mm. far away you are. We, yeah. And then we also put it into eight week. So you could see what a snapshot of what your f- current form is right now. And that's perfect for mm. David because he doesn't want to yeah. look at his PRs from 2011. That'd be horrible. Cause he's, he's never going to come <laughs> close to that. I mean, Mikkel, yeah. Dave's, he we used to do four and five hour training rides at 300 and some Watts and he was 20 some pounds lighter. So, I mean, the equa- that, that doesn't work that access at all. So we don't want to, we don't want to look at the ultimate PRs, right? Because you, you could be banging your head into the wall for forever. You're never going to come back there. Yeah. I just remembered something. This is a, a good analogy going to something you were, you were talking about earlier. And it's the, the old adage where he said it never gets, doesn't get easier, just get faster. The, towards the end of my career, the last two or three years, <clears throat> you'd pull the occasional time trial out, and but you thought you had. So you'd started and you'd had it because I didn't use power. I kind of didn't use heart rate. I just had speed and distance. So because I never used that in one of the time trialing, and you had all the sensations. Everything was great, and you get to the line, and you're like, and you're coming up, and you're like forty seventh, and it was like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and and you, that's when you knew, and you could, yeah. I, then I kind of started to pay attention to that. I was like, "Oh no, this isn't good." And and then and then I started to notice other riders starting to do it as well. That whole the, this is the interesting thing with professional cyclists. And I, I in hindsight, I say a lot of it's mental, but I think all of it's mental because when you see Valverde, he's still just killing people. He's just the most chilled out, kind of go lucky, kind of dude. But it was that thing where you lost perception. Mm. And, and you do, <laughs> and I still laugh when somebody comes across the line and say, I felt great. I thought I'd done an amazing time. Trial. <laughs> 25th. And it's like, no. And this is what going back to what you said earlier, even the greatest athletes in the world and the most elite often don't know their body. And yeah. they can have the weirdest sensations and have the greatest days. And, and going to what you said as well, Mikkel, about the idea where you can can't do a, a two minute thing, but in a certain situation you can. It's and that's why we have to kind of create that that experience where you do raise your game and kind of and going back to Christian, it being fun, because all of a sudden that's the time sometimes to just tape over your power. And mm. well that's what you used to in the old days when you couldn't change the screen. You used to have even Alberto Contador and Cadel Evans at the Tour de France who would have little bits of electrical tape cut to cover their power and their yeah. heart rate. In the Tour. So they, and these are the in, best. In the they're, Tour. They're, and then they're going to be winning or on the podium of the Tour de France and they can't take it psychologically to look at what their power is because they're thinking in their mind that I can't do this. And I think for the average listener, I think it's it's really you're stronger than you think you are. And really to be able to really push yourself and see what you truly can do. And I think that's really cool for anyone out there and really be able to push, especially these times when there's so much shit going on in the world, be able to focus on yourself a little bit and better yourself. Let me just sum up where we are in this uh, conversation, because there is uh, some conclusions and we need to get, get deeper into the training. So what I heard as, as the novice here is, um, first of all, the most important thing in the training is just get on your bike regularly the next 11 weeks. And we'll get into how often and how much, but just that will, Christian, I guess, will improve for many people. 
Oh. Uh, and in, and the second thing I heard was find yourself a context where you enjoy it. So do it with friends. Uh, uh, compare yourself with other, do a little competition, uh, and so on. And then thirdly, download the breakaway app and use that as the, your little helper to, uh, to get there. Right. That, that's, that's what I heard so far. Yeah. I really think so, cons- uh, consistency yeah. is, is massive. Mikhail, especially mm. in days, especially if you're starting off from zero, right? Mm. Just being able to go there, put the ego on the shelf. Don't think about what you've done in the past. Just trying to get the ball rolling in the correct direction. After that, like Dave said, he's going to be able to train harder and harder. Mm. And then you can start having fun with it because it's no fun when you're out there and you have no fitness. Um, mm. The breakaway app, it does a great job of showing you, you sometimes a little bit rudely what your strength and weaknesses truly are. So in Dave's sense, he's obviously a very great time trellis or in the Apple call him a climber, endurance rider. And so he will see that even though he was a great sprinter and we're not going to be sprinting, we're going to go for a 20 minute power here. So being able to push that a little bit farther and farther. And if you have small, small improvements over that time, we still got a long way to go. It doesn't, it looks like a long time, but it's going to go fast. That's because I'm just looking here as well. At the moment, I'm sprinting. I'm intermediate. Attacking, I'm elite. Climbing, I'm elite. Can you explain just briefly how it works and what the classifications are? Because this is part of the, the kind of... I remember when you first explained the breakaway app to me is it's very hard for people to understand what, where they are and what the levels are. So you created a scale of, of performance that you can yes. kind of gauge yourself against. So we took this from elite cyclists, both men and women, and then we brought it down over age. So the biggest problem, and I'm glad you brought up Valverde, was that <laughs> when we did this, he was 40 years old, right? And so his power numbers were ridiculous, power to weight. And so the hardest bracket is going up until 40. After that, we start degrading over time. And we'd use the same equation just from, from marathon to see how far you would go down over time. And so it goes off your weight. It goes off of your age and gender. And then after that, yes, you could go all the way up to elite levels. And that is truly going off the pro tour riders and what is possible in the world. So if, yeah, if you're still underneath 40 years old, it is a very high standard. Um, luckily, Dave and I just turned 45, so it just got a little bit easier. So now we're in the 45 <laughs> and 50-year-old bracket. And so we're on the youngest side of that. So Dave's only a month in to being at 45. So he's in the best part perfectly. So Dave, I want you to level up as well. And I think that yeah. that's a big one. So I'm a semi-pro. Um, I've never gotten anywhere near world-class in anything, but I, I have some goals of where I want to be. I don't know. If, meh, I guess I should... If I don't share them, they're, they're not going to be them. real. So you got a, a social contract, Christian. I, I want to be able to do, so I've definitely put on some weight, um, a little bit of muscle, a little skinny fat, a little bit of all, you know, you know me, Dave. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. So I am, I'm about seven kilos. So was that 15 and a half pounds over my race weight in the Tour de France? So not horrible. Um, but I don't think I, I don't want to have anything this to do about weight. If the weight comes off, so be it. Um, I just do want to get stronger and feel better on the bike. Um, but I would like to do five watts per kilo. And I think that's, that's should be my, my goal. That's super and, cool. Yeah. Wow. That's good. That's it. There you go. That's yeah. it. That's quite hard to do on the and, flat. And can you go back to the, the different levels? Like for somebody who hasn't tried the app, like where do you start? And where, where does it go up to? It goes all the way to world class is, is the highest. And I believe the first it's one the is- the highest. And the lowest is- I believe it's novice, I want to say. I'm, no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, just, seeing I'm just seeing if I'm novice. In <laughs> I haven't looked at it. It's beginner, excuse me. Beginner, intermediate, athletic, sport, elite. So Dave's elite. elite. Is that what you said, Dave? I'm, I'm elite in climbing and attacking and intermediate in sprinting. Yeah, but that's just because that's you never still... sprint, though, as well. And that's what we see true. with a lot of users. How often do you actually go and do a full-blown sprint? No, that's Especially true. in open roads. So yeah. that's yeah. one thing that's a recurring theme. Um, so don't beat yourself up about that. But yeah, world-class is is no joke. If you can get anywhere up there, um, we're going to start giving out some serious swag to anyone on the app who's, <laughs> who's world-class. That's for sure. <laughs> It'll be like the Zwift training academy thing so so that it could also be a goal to say i want to go 
two levels up. Agreed. You know, I want to be elite. Right? Yep. That could be a goal for it's, somebody. It's a right? massive goal. And I think you're going to see so much improvement from the average user during the course of this challenge. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to be leveling up. So it's, it's one thing to get a PR and have an eight-week mm. PR and then ultimate PR. And I think we're going to see a ton of those. But being able to level up from a sport to elite or athletic to a sport or elite to semi-pro, that, I think that's going to be really cool to see. And not, and maybe yeah. not in just one, because there's three different sprinting, attacking, and climbing. But maybe in a few of them as well, Mikael. And what do you need to to make breakaway get that data? Do you? I know you can use it in Swift. If you go outside, what what do you do? You use your Garmin device, or yeah, so in order for up, to capture the data, you could upload through Garmin, Wahoo, mm-hmm. your Peloton, and Swift as of right now. Um, so those are, those are the, the four big ones. And the only problem, and I know that in, in the U S it's not as big of a deal, but in the UK, I know it's a little bit more in worldwide is that we do not have uh, Android yet, Dave. So it's, it's mm. only iOS, but we're working on the web right now. So again, we're, we're, we're young, but we're going to hopefully we're going to be here for the long haul. So you have to, you have to have an, an Apple phone if you're using a phone. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's okay. Great. Can we talk a little bit about just some principles on, you know, how to, how to train? We don't have to go into details, but just some, when you're training for a time trial, like what is it you're looking for there Uh, in terms of improvement? You're looking for, what, what would you call it? Well, I think for, for most of us, if we're depending on your fitness, you really want to work from the bottom up going, being able to push your FTP by training underneath your FTP and not blowing your doors off by going over it all the time. Um, in this regard, I'm definitely going to be leaning on Dave a lot because Hmm. like you said before, you know, eight, nine years, 20 years ago was not a long time because not that much changed, but over the last 10 years, it has been a world of change. I mean, Hmm. there was usually like, for, for example, my father was in the 68 and 72 Olympics and his times, I want to say it was five minutes. And then I, I beat his team pursuit time individually. And then the same thing happened again, another 20 years later when Ashton Lambie beat our team pursuit times by himself at a 359. <laughs> so it just keeps on evolving. But I would say over the last five or six years, it is completely ridden, rewritten the game and what these guys mm-hmm. are doing in the normal. So I think I'm going to be leaving Mikel a lot more on what, Dr. Marti says about training and what he wants to do with David. And I'm really curious about that. Mm-hmm. And I really, that's what I'm excited about doing and seeing how that does work with myself and how I could better myself and, and just learning what the, the Tom Pidcocks of the world are doing these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. true. It's mad. I, 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 do you know if, if, can you describe the sort of the, the old way of training and the new way, just generally what, what's the, what's the, what have we learned? What is the new principles that people are using? I would say when I was a Neo Pro in 98, all the way through, I would say at least to 2004 or five is just a lot of volume um, and, and riding hard just to ride hard. More is better kind of thing. And then eat less mm-hmm. to, to lose weight. I mean, it, mm-hmm. not, there is no reason just putting your finger up in the air and seeing the, the wind direction. Um, and now it's coming back farther and farther to more intensity on the bike, shorter hours, but seriously intense r- training. Like we never did. We raced so much, Mikkel, that we would race almost hundred days a year that our training was really just yeah. recovering in between races that mm-hmm. if you we were lucky enough to string together and get fitter as the year went on, then we'd be in good shape. These mm-hmm. guys do training camp after training camp after training camp where they're actually training in camps more than they're actually racing these days. But I think the actual training themselves is just becoming shorter, more intense, and constantly intense. And the, and the nutrition side, I would have to say, looking back at my career, I don't know about you, Dave, was probably the biggest hindrance um, and not being fueled enough. Ironically, not eating enough while I was mm-hmm. training and coming to races empty and then actually getting mm-hmm. better as the race went on is, is so counterintuitive to how <laughs> I should have been performing. Um, but that's one of the mm-hmm. biggest ones to really get into is, is nutrition. And another curiosity of mine is to see where we go with nutrition this next two and a half months. So I'm, I'm, le- I'm leaning on you, Dave, a lot. So yeah, that's come good. On, let's well, go. I think I'm going to be doing nutrition stuff next week in the UK. 
with form nutrition. They want to take me to a lab and do stuff. It's just, it's, but this is going to be the most humbling experience of my life. And I've had a few. Gonna- <laughs> you've, had, you've had more than a few, my friend. Yeah. Miguel yeah. used to call Dave, I used to call Dave, uh, God's joke. <laughs> because yeah. he would just give, give him everything and then just take it away. And give him everything and take it away. And, and so I think his, it's true though, right? I mean, it's think of the true. things that he's been given and then just has been it's taken just... away again. And so I really think that he has a, a very good outlook on life. I'd say he's very mature in that sense, very immature in the other sense, which that's why I love him so much. And, and that's why we're, we're doing this very immature challenge to each other. Uh, yeah. It's going to be fun. But I guess oh. it's, it's good news. If, if you can train, if you can train, let's say less time, but do it with more intensity. That's good news for most people that have a job. I remember when I was a, I was racing when I was much, much younger. So I was 12, 13 and uh, I was not very good. And I think it's because we trained the wrong way. That's my new theory listening to you because what we used to do is just go really, really long hours until you were exhausted and then go home. And on Sundays, you would go up against the, you know, with the wind until the first guy puked. And then you turn around and go home, right? And, and the trainer just loved that sort of masochism and, and I didn't get it better. I just got sick and I hated it. Um, and I stopped. Um, and I think a lot of people have experienced that with cycling culture and cycling training and and in my life it was actually spinning <laughs> that changed that because i enjoyed the music i enjoyed the vibe i am um, and then I, I actually in two or three weeks got an incredible shape from 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 nowhere right and and i, I guess there's a science to this now that we're you know, that you're talking about which for, is for sure but there's high, there's high also, intense yeah but there's also a cliff right because we see so many people who do peloton and they do it every day and they do the same intensity every day. And, and that's not okay either. You, we can't be just mm-hmm. going beating our head into the, into the brick wall every day after day. You, have, you do have to have that ebb and flow of being able to recover from those serious efforts and then build back up again. Um, so mm-hmm. that is one of the biggest okay. reasons that I would love to be the first, one of the first apps to tell you not to ride your bike, you know, to, to, mm-hmm. to chill out. Cause everyone wants to push, they, they want you on your, they want you on their, their, Perform it, whether it be Peloton, whether it be Trainer Road, they want you on there all the time. We yeah. want to tell you to actually recover as well. But I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, though, Mikhail. No one, no one has time these days. Everyone has a structured life. Everyone has lives. We're not going to put twenty five hours on the bike. Um, so we just want to get be very efficient in our training. Get the most need, out of everyone. Chris, you, know, you need to have this function on the breakaway app. It's like in um, <clears throat> Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Just do, they turn it on and it says, "Don't panic." <laughs> and it's basically <laughs> just don't don't do anything today. Stop. Yeah, you're, you're stop. peeking out. Stop. You're good. Just stop. Yeah. You're good. And now assimilate, assimilate, <laughs> and then we'll start again. You also need what uh, the you know he has a um, improbability drive. That's how they they drive their spaceships. <laughs> so they actually don't know where they, it's driven by improbability. <laughs> I like that. I mean, just really have to think about that for a while. Like, how, what does that even mean? <laughs> That's my life. <laughs> It's true. The improbability drive. I remember when I when I met met you first, or one of the first times we met in Girona, we were riding together for a week and we were coming up this mountain where there's a 25 kilometers climb. And it's very light at the beginning, and David was there. And then all of a sudden David was gone. I said, okay, I'm I'm getting stronger than David Miller. That's crazy. Until I got to the top of the mountain, completely exhausted, and five minutes after he comes running up <laughs> the hill. It was, it was the my New York Marathon training, so I stopped at five Ks yeah, to go and ran up like the last five Ks. Nike running gear, looking like someone from the eighties joining us. <laughs> and I was just, what what are you doing? <laughs> and now I'm training for a marathon. And then I thought, ah, oh, that's why he was a pro. <laughs> Yeah and, he, yeah, and he did. Uh, I mean, Dave, you, you did succeed. And that's that's the biggest reason that I'm a little bit nervous about this whole thing is when you set your your mind to a goal like you did, and being able to do a under three minute 
three hour marathon <laughs> in New York is no joke, man. And you're a big boy, <laughs> six foot three. Yeah. I couldn't walk for a few days. That's for sure. Do you, <laughs> do you think, Dave, do you think though that doing that, it was, it got you a little bit more involved just because it was something different and that you're trying something to, whereas think, the bike, yeah. the bike is, you already done it so much. You've been there, yeah. done that. Is it harder for you to inspire? That was, that was the curiosity as well. There were two things with that, which I took away was the curiosity about running and just how easy it was with my life going different places and, and, and learning how to run. I got super geeky into that. Never kind of got, I was, I came out of it and wanted to go into mastery and kind of was doing these different things, but then I blew my body out. Um, but the other thing was the social contract. I had the social contract with Robbie Ketchell and Mariah. And that's what really kept me involved. Yeah. Was the fact that I was kind of raising money for, for them and their, or their, their sons, the charity that supports them. So those are the two things I took away from that one year of training. For, like, so it was one year. I mean, I never, I hadn't run over 22 kilometers before I did the marathon, but it was the kind of just the enjoyment of doing something new and with nothing to lose. Everything was a game. Like, you know, I had, had nothing to compare against. And then the fact that there was a purpose. And so I think with this one, it's the same thing. It's a curiosity of rediscovery. Uh, and then the purpose was just reconnecting us. So we're going to have fun. We're going to speak more over the next couple of months and hang out more than we've done in eight years. So we already have. Yeah. And that's good fun. So yeah, it's, and that's what I hope other I think it's, it's a really, really good insight that, um, what you're telling David and also what you, when I understand the running thing, which is you, you actually got to a stage where you enjoyed it. Mm. You're looking forward to your runs. It was, you know, the best time of the day, I think mm. for you, I guess, yeah. or, or one of them and sort of disappeared into it mm. in a way. That's how I yeah. saw you. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. And so why don't we say to people and to me and you, let's just, before we put together this 11 week program in detail, let's just get to a, get on the bike and get to a stage where we are enjoying going hard. Mm. Yeah. Remembering our recovery and all of that question. Mm. But if we can just get to that sort of mm. uh, stage uh, and we can get, you know, the thousands of people that are going to do this, hopefully to mm. a stage where we all, now we're, we're looking forward to it on Wednesday. I'm, I'm doing my training session and I'm looking forward to it. Then when we get there, we can talk about, okay, how do we get more structured and, and even improve more from, from, from that point. Sounds like a plan. How does that sound? And we we're already doing a little bit of that. We'll be riding chapter three ride. On I believe Tuesday. this afternoon. Yeah. We're doing yeah. This, this afternoon for you this evening for me. Yeah. And Mikhail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll try not I'll, to attack I'll, you. I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> the mind, let the mind games begin. <laughs> yeah. I hope we will change, part of we change that the route. If David, if we use this discord thing, yeah. and my problem is because when you're, when you're eight, I'm, I'm over 50. So I, I'm excused from anything. So I, I, I have a very low FTP and all that, but there's one thing that's even worse. I don't know how a smartphone works. <laughs> You act like you're 150, Mikhail. Please, you're not that yeah. old. I mean, you're and saying, "Oh, no. I'm not." It was me. Yeah. You're gonna be fine. Okay. Yeah. I can also fake. <laughs> put it this way. Put it this way, Christian. Every time I do a call with Mikkel, he's using a different pair of headphones. Because <laughs> <laughs> literally, almost every single time, <laughs> he's on the quest. None of them work. Yeah. So he's got like 80 <laughs> panicking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I just don't, I don't understand how you can be on an app, Discord app, and talk and write. I, I, I that's too much for me. The algorithm. So don't over. call me into the call. I'll be All there right. okay. spiritually. We won't call you. Yep. All right. I got to go. All right, Christian. Thanks so much for your. Can we can we get you on again at a later stage when we get to the enjoyment stage? Maybe. Yeah, that's a good. <laughs> I, I like the enjoyment stage. Let's go there. We're, we are definitely walking through the fields right now with no one in sight. It's gonna be a little yeah. while for Dave, but I, I'm here for you, Dave. Yeah, I'll let you Christian. catch up just a little bit. Uh, thanks, boys. So you know, I'm too old. <laughs> Dave's too fat, and you're too slow. Let's no. improve that. Christian's too perfect. Damn it! <laughs> All right. See you guys. Yeah. Bye. All right. See you, buddy. Yeah.